Welcome to the Coin Op Cowboys, the podcast where four guys explore the absurdities of everyday life, sharing our entertaining experience and insights on a variety of topics. Hello, Coin Opians. This week, we're hosting the first ever spook off between two rival cowboys, Stephen and Ryan. If you recall a few episodes ago, the two challenged each other to see whose story scares the other into pooping their pants. Will Ryan, king of paranormal conspiracies, keep his title? Or will we be witnessing regicide from the man with the plan, the boy with the toy, the poop on a stoop, the one and only underdog that had to see a therapist after playing a video game about hunting ghosts? Steven, be afraid. Be very afraid. You're not going to want to miss this one. Feel free to drop us a line. We love hearing what's on your mind. Our email address is coinupcowboyspod at gmail.com. Like, subscribe, follow, and rate us. You can find us on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple and Google Podcasts, and YouTube. Basically, anywhere you get your favorite entertainment. We release a new episode every week, so go take a listen to past episodes and get all cut up because you deserve it. Now, I'm switching over to the main stage. Chris looks like he's putting the finishing touches on our patent-pending Coin-Off Cowboy spook-off grading matrix. You know, we worked, uh, worked pretty hard on that. Ryan is a jumping rope, and uh, yeah, he just stopped. He saw uh, me switch in, and uh, Steven is flexing his ass cheeks at the camera. I don't know what I expected. Let's join in on the conversation. Uh, before we get started, you want to check our audio, make sure it's not shit? Yeah. Sure. Because I don't want to hear, oh, we couldn't use it because the fucking gain was too high. Brah. Sure, yeah, let's hear it. Let's... Let's hear, uh, let's hear, let's start with Chris. Chris, let's say a word. Say words. The rain in Spain falls mostly in Venezuela. Okay. But also, I'm going to say, Coin Up Cowboys, how you doing tonight? And we're going to have this excitement and that excitement, and how did all that go? I can hear you. Cool. You sound great. Ryan. Could you hear my typing baby. in the background? No. Go ahead, Ryan. Kissy face, baby, Ryan. Baby pumpernickel. Fuck Steven in the ass because he's a fucking bitch. Yeah, oh boy. All right. What about you, Steven? Let's hear you. Peter Piper picked a pickled pepper and shoved it up Ryan's tight little butthole. It's a little quiet. That's Max Gain, bro! Oh, hold on. Yeah, everyone sounds great. Welcome, guys, to another episode of... Uh... This is actually going to be released on New Year's, uh, New Year's Day. Dare Ooh. you. Dare you. It's gonna. Hold on, let me pull okay. up a calendar. I just gonna let me pull up a calendar. <laughs> Jesus. Monday, yeah. On Monday. That's gonna be released. Ca- you might have a calendar that says that, but whether you actually do it. Hmm. I've been. All my commitments have come through. Every single one of them since. Uh, well, okay, yeah. It's supposed to be coming out the first. All right. Let's get this ball rolling because I gotta get to bed earlier than later. Why is that? Because it's month end. I got a lot of shit to do. Oh, me too. Goddamn nightmare. Everyone's on vacation. Yep. Except for <sighs> yeah. See. All right. Gentlemen, because this is going to come out, <clears throat> because this is coming out in the new year, the question this morning, this afternoon, this evening, whatever time it is right now, when you're listening to this, is going to be uh, new year related. Surprise, surprise. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to say your name. You're, uh, you're going to say your name as well. And then you're going to answer the question that I provide to you. And that question is, what's your New Year's resolution? Yeah. What's your New Year's resolution? And we're going to start in the perfect order. The first, the first person to my right is Steven. Hello, Coinopians. This is your favorite cowboy, 
Steezy. Up on the mic, straight ching chong from the ting tong land. Bang Kong China. Bye bye. Whoosh ha. Oh, God. Canceled. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Erase all of that. This is. Okay. Nope. Keep it. Okay. This is Steezy. Howdy, partner. This is Steezy. Coming, Texas, boy. I'll tell you what. Chris told me to do that one. He likes it a lot. What was the question? I do. I, can you send that recording to me? I want to make it a personal ringtone. I will also try to do all the accents of every other culture and race uh, in the upcoming podcast, if I'm alive still. Um, You're alive still? <clears throat> yeah, if I don't get canceled and murdered. <sighs> I hung out a little too long in a very conservative place today. I'm feeling a little comfy. All right, my New Year's <laughs> resolution today... I thought about it while getting home after eating another big meal and eating and drinking more drinks after a long slew of eating and drinking during this holiday. And my New Year's resolution is a simple one. I'm going to, you know, eat better and lose some weight after the New Year's. Well, here we go. We're going to get another month of Stephen not it drinking is, and being is. boring. So this is, so this is so, here we go. Yep, Ryan guessed it right. Uh, there will be <laughs> one month. So from New Year's Day to Super Bowl, I will be totally tober. I will be drug and alcohol free. And I'm going to try to lay off the sweets too. I don't. I can't see any reason why I need to eat sweets. So I'm going to try to cut all that shit out till Super Bowl, and then I'll have like a nice binge day to celebrate. Celebrate the Lions winning the Super Bowl. Exactly the sweet taste of victory. Well, that reminds me, we have a mail. Good. Oh, yeah. oh, mail. Ooh. What do we, we accidentally talk about the Niners too long and say something? Like, <laughs> oh no, the mailbag's full. We got a lot of hate mail. Well, spoiler, because the, 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 the 49ers just got pounded by the Washington Commanders last night. It was really night. weird and how Purdy could Beautiful. <laughs> we thought he maxed out at four interceptions, but then he did six against the Commanders. <laughs> wow. I, I can't believe they just let him keep doing it. You know, he was clearly shooketh. All right. Thank you, Stephen, for your. Uh, what are you doing? Just clean? That's just going to lower your tolerance for Super Bowl day. It's fine. Okay. Yeah, thank you. Very good. Very good. Yeah. Next up, Chris. Oh, and Kegels. <laughs> what up, Cornopians? And a very, very happy 2024 New Year to y'all. You're in for a treat because you came to the right place to start your year off right. I'm sure your guys' New Year's resolution is to get all caught up on the Coinop Cowboys episodes. Like uh, Steven, for example. I know that he's, I know he's just about all caught up by now. Um, but I'm going to say my, uh, my new year's resolution is, uh, my wife and I were kind of talking about it and I think we're, we're in a similar place on this. It's kind of a little bit of two things put together. I want to be put together and present more often. And what I mean by that is the first thing is put together. Uh, I catch myself doing this on Saturday. I'll just wake up and I'll just like lounge in my pajamas till, I don't know, like I'll just like sit on the couch with my pajamas till 10 and then I'm like, man, maybe I should change. Maybe I should get up and and by the my by the time my Saturday gets going, it's much later. It's like I don't know, eleven o'clock. I'm trying to get stuff going. Hey, should I go to the park? Should I go do this? And I'm realizing on Saturday, I should just I should wake up. I should sit on the couch, drink my coffee, and then I should 
put my clothes on for the day, maybe even put my shoes on for the day. And I think that's going to set me up to do something that I want instead of just kind of being lazy there. So that's one, be put together. Uh, two, be present. And that's going to be more with, especially with my kids, I'm realizing that uh, they're doing something and I'll be wanting to play video games or I'll be on my phone or I'll be focused on something else. Um, or maybe, maybe my wife's talking to me and I'm like zoning out or thinking of something else. So I'm going to kind of Kind of put those two together. So I'm going to be, I'm going to be, uh, uh, present, ready to listen. And then I'm going to be put together, ready to take action on what that present holds. Good work, Chris. I think that's really important. You know, it's a lot of people get caught up and you can have issues down the line. So that's a good one. I like that. Cool. Thank you. Thank you very much, Chris. Yeah. Very good. Next up, Ryan. What up, Coinopians? It's your true favorite cloud boy. Cowboy. <laughs> yeah. Wow, boy. Wow, boy. Wow. I'm sorry, I'm a little boy. bit flustered. You're making pe- fun of people with speech impediments. So I'm sorry, I'm a little bit flustered because this other cowboy Steezy lied to you all, yeah. saying that uh, I'm just glad I'm not the cowboy. I'm just glad I'm not the cowboy that can't produce, can't pronounce shit Ooh. anymore. Yeah, hard time getting that one out. <laughs> that was <laughs> sorry. I'm a man of integrity, and when I see somebody lying to our fans, it really upsets me. Mm. But anyway, it's just like your opinion. My thing. resolution will, will be similar to a uh, steezy boy here. I just want to eat a little bit better, exercise a bit more. But I'm not going to fool myself into being sober for a full month. That's just that's just mayhem. What are you, an alcoholic? That's just a man that wants to see the world burn. You can't put down the booze, right? What's the problem I can't. there? Bud? I can't. I can't. All right, and, and nor do I want to. Okay, alcoholic. We're going to have to have intervention. Yeah, it's true. It's true. We are all alcoholics. It's true. I'm Where did this wholesome Steven come from? I'm sober for one day. I'm going to fucking start critiquing everybody. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> You'll grow up one day. <laughs> Steven does this once a year, and it's always boring. I am doing your birthday fun. before the sober thing. So get over it. Thank God. Thank God. I'm pretty sure there's been birthdays where you've already I know. started. I don't even want to show up to one. I'm not freaking today, guy. Ryan's like, oh, he starts freaking out. Like, and then I drink anyway. So, <laughs> oh well. <laughs> it is fun to see Stephen break edge, but I have a bone to pick, pick with it. you right now, Stephen. Wait, no. I haven't done mine. Oh fuck you! Why is your PS5 <laughs> on that bed? Oh, because I brought it out into the oh, living yeah. room when Mel's family was here, and I thought I thought I was going to play some Boulder Gate on my spare TV, and um, it turns out I got to watch Christmas movies all night. <laughs> Didn't get to play any Boulder Gate. Haven't played haven't played any Boulder Gate since I've spent eighty dollars on it. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. We're all good. We're fine. I just want to play video games, though. <laughs> it just went on sale. You, you, you could have saved like. I know. <laughs> could have probably not even spent the money on it because I'm not gonna play it anyway. <laughs> could have saved eighty. Yeah. Could have played it on a real machine and uh, saved even more. Anyway, I apologize for being rude, Angel. Oh, you are forgiven. Um, let's see. But yeah, let me round it out. I forgot what, we were, what the hell we were doing. Uh, I'm going to admire. Uh, I'm going to admire big tits more. I don't think I do that enough. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) All right. Thank you, guys, uh, for your New Year's resolution. Uh, Let's, uh, oh, listeners, guess what? This episode is a very special episode. We're going to kick it off with the spooky episode. Let's see here. Hold on. 
Okay, so if everyone recalls a few episodes ago, Stephen and Ryan challenged each other to a spook-off. Ryan guarantees to tell a story so spooky that Stephen poops his pants. And Stephen is willing to step up to the plate and meet Ryan head-on to see whose spooky story is the spookiest of all now. Chris and I have actually developed an intricate scoring matrix with patent-pending calculations that, quite frankly, could uh, be a shoo-in for the next Nobel Prize. I mean, seriously. Guys. I want to take a moment to appreciate how cutting and intelligent we are. So good. So good. It's yeah. it's like, uh, I mean, you know, I, I know that they put men on the moon with very little technology, and I feel like we're putting uh, the moon on men figur- figuratively right now. That's how cutting age it is. Mm, interesting. Well, I, I have focus tested my tail, and it indeed terrified my readers. <laughs> and I was told, Ryan, you've gone too far. And I said, perfect. <gasps> Oh, Great. That's fantastic. Anyway, we have 10 perfectly developed categories we're going to be scoring you two on. So, uh, where Chris and I are going to give our own subjective grade for each metric, uh, which will go into a patent pending coin up Cowboys spooky algorithm, if I haven't mentioned that already. The algorithm allows for a single PYP or poo your points that Chris and I can give Stephen or Ryan in any of the metrics. Uh, it's similar to like that golden buzzer or whatever on that TV show people watch. I don't know. I really don't know what it's called. But basically, if we were impressed by one of your one of the categories of your story, you automatically get a perfect score or a 10 out of 10. So I'm going to rattle off these 10 categories that we're going to be grading whoa, you guys on. Whoa, 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 whoa what? The, what? What? Tell us the categories before. It looks like Steven is currently writing his. I'm just. I'm touching it up. And I don't want him to, <laughs> I don't want him to edit totally his story. Is, uh, based totally on the share my screen. If okay. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. I uh, actually just um, reverse looked up all your guys' phone numbers using your full name and addresses. I went to the IRS website and filed whistleblower claims on all of you for tax evasion. So enjoy your audits. That's my spooky story. Steezy out. I'm squeaky clean, baby. Yeah. The, the horror of an audit. I don't think even if you are squeaky clean, you're going to still be like, I don't know, I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> you're just going to be. I don't understand audits. All I know from them is from TV yeah. shows when we were kids, and they're like, oh, I'm being audited. I need all my receipts. If I ever get audited, ever I'm just going to be like, like who bro, keeps the receipts. Just tell me what who I owe receipts? you. Like, I don't fucking keep shit, bro. Like, <laughs> like, tell me what I did wrong. Tell me how much I owe you. I swear, I fucking went to a tax guy. Like, chill out. I don't trust your tax man based off what He's you told a me. Stand up citizen. <laughs> it's it, it's funny because at at work they uh, my company self audits itself. So it, every project one like once a year they go to all they pick these different projects to be audited. And then and for lucky me, I feel like most of my projects get audited. And I don't know if that's because they trust me that it's going to be squeaky clean, it's going to go well, or they horribly don't trust me. I'm not sure. But the biggest thing that I noticed from here is they get a bunch of information from me, and then they go and get information from like, they compare it with the information from the owner, information from the vendors, information from the subcontractors. They talk to all these different people, and they look for someone whose their information doesn't line up. Like, oh, I don't know, Chris paid that guy $100 in change orders. And, he's, and the owner's like, oh, yeah, I had a, there was a change order for $100. I saw that. And the sub's like, yeah, he paid me like $30. And then that's when they'd be like, well, well, Chris, we got a problem here. So when your question was of what the audit is, it's they're checking anything and everything and looking for something that doesn't make sense. And the moment they do, they say, eh, fail. And then they take all your stuff. But if I get audited by the IRS, they're not going to ask for my Taco no. Bell receipts, are they? All they do is they look at your claim, fucking. Right? That, that's you they're, obvi- they're auditing you because they found a discrepancy, and most likely it's your, the the tax person you use 
has fucked up and now they're auditing like all the people below him because there was an obvious fuck up that now that's like had been done to like all these other people. But if you self file and you're going to have to flag, like flag out some shit. So if you're, if you're filing your own taxes, there has to be something that's setting off a red flag in order for them to even notice you. There's 300 million taxpayers. You see, Ryan, I think, I feel like you're talking so, so clearly like, Oh, what do I need to worry about? It's just my Taco Bell receipts. Fun Mm -hmm. fact. Did you know that the IRS uh, has a rule in here that says income from illegal activities such as money from dealing drugs, gambling, and theft. So if you steal something mm-hmm. and sell it, you need to be that needs to be included in your income on Schedule One Ten Forty. Well, duh. As a self-employment activity. <laughs> so for all the all the Quinnopians out there, make sure. Sh- Make sure you include that one on your tax season this year. I do audits at work as well, but it's for like environmental agencies for the EPA, Arizona Department of Weights and Measures in California. And I deal with the auditors and it is, it's a hoot and a holler because I put all the paperwork together and I know I dot my I's and cross my T's. So when they come in and start asking questions, I actually enjoy them. Because they try to find something and they never can. Haha. Ruining our spooky episode with boring I shit. Apologize. I apologize. What? You That's brought right. it up, Ryan. Yeah, you dumb bitch. You <laughs> yeah. Taxes are scary. Or, actually, yeah, I guess Stephen brought it up. No, that was Stephen. Stephen yeah, brought Steve. it up. Ooh, Stephen. Like, How dare you? Story. I just said I filed. I'm the one with beautiful hair. He's the one with yeah. no hair. Yeah, you came on with like a curly Superman thing. What, what's going on? Ryan? What? Who? Terror. Obviously. No, not you, Steven. The world does not revolve around you. That's how you know he's gay. Man, your haircut. It made me a little upset. I'm like, who does this guy think he is? What happened to your finger? Listeners, he held up a <laughs> You know how like, the bat signal goes in the air to signal for Batman? Well, guys do that little hair curl in the front of their face to signal all the gays, so it's like the gay bat signal. <laughs> 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 Surprised you didn't know that, Angel, you queer. Oh, uh, yeah, you know. <laughs> Anyway, I'm just seeing how many people I could have. I just want to know how many people I could have for the end of this podcast. Have I, I've gotten, I've got, I've offended the Asians so far, and I've offended. Um, I used to do the Superman the gays. Girl. <laughs> so, so, uh, I feel like you've oh, also Batman offended Batman a little, a little bit. All right, gentlemen. Well, we have our scoring matrix. Uh, we're gonna. I'm gonna bring up the picker. Oh no, 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 no! You had bones, right? Oh, yeah. yeah, he had a PS5 on his bed. It's upsetting. Oh. Not respecting the technology. Now, should we do mail before or after? I mean, after. How much, I mean, how much time we got? I mean, I got I, I got a bone, but I hear Ryan saying he wants to uh, wants to make I sure got, he gets to bed I on gotta, time. I got to go to fucking bed. I got shit to do. Uh, Let's fucking right. go. Grandpa Ryan. All right. Uh, you got a bone? Is it quick, Chris? No, it's not. So we'll, we'll do it next time. New, Year, New Year's New Year's resolution. <laughs> All right. I'm going to bring up the picker wheel. Share. That chair. All right, we're gonna see who goes first. Right, Spin 50, that fifty shot, fifty fifty shot, Steven. You're going down. Okay. You better hope you go first because oh. you have a squishy chair when I'm done with you. Ryan, what? Spin your fucking wheel. Yeah. All right, that's what <laughs> I was waiting for. Here we fucking go. Is it gonna be? Ooh. That's right, baby. <laughs> I'll Steven. go first. So oh, here we go. Worst. Steven's going first. Let's get our matrix out, Chris. The matrices. I wonder if Steven actually has a story. I right? do. <laughs> <laughs> I even have an infographic. 
Shut up. No, you don't. Yes, I do. It's the Rougarou told the right way. Ooh, the Rougarou. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, wait. Uh, I think Ryan, I think Ryan cut off Angel from explaining how this thing's going to get graded. So I didn't know if we needed to explain that or just let him dive into it. I want to dive into it. I don't want to know the metrics. I don't want, I don't want it to soil our stories. Sounds good. All right. We'll do the metrics afterwards. All right. We'll see how you did. You got all ready. Yeah. All right. You know, all right. This is a little bit different for me, right guys? You know, I usually come on here and tell the funny stuff, you know, keep the, the party going. But this time I've been challenged and uh, quite frankly, I just don't respect Ryan's spooky stories. I don't think they're good enough and they don't scare me. So I challenged him to this a few weeks ago and I told him that I could for sure tell a story that's a lot spookier, scarier and fear inducing than he could ever tell. And ladies and gentlemen, today is that day. Uh, Hello, Coinopians and welcome to my first ever bone chilling segment. For this inaugural spook off, this segment is titled "Entitled The Depths of Despair." You ready, Ryan? Bring it, bitch! <laughs> yeah. Today we delve into the shadows of one of the most haunting incidents to ever happen in cave exploration history. A story so bone chilling, it's a joke that it happened in a cave called the Nutty Putty Cave. While Ryan over here might take you on a fabricated fairy tale full of monsters, ghouls, other fake creatures, time portals that don't exist, aliens that never happened, I will tell you something real. So without further ado, let's dive right in. All right, guys and all you listeners out there, I want you to picture this. A labyrinth of underground passages twisting and turning, curling as they plunge into the depths of hell below. Cold, wet, silent, lit up only by the lights that you bring with you. Well, that's where our story begins. Just outside of Salt Lake City, Utah, there was a hydrothermal, don't know what that means, cave called the Nutty Putty Cave. And back in 2009, John Edward Jones, an experienced cave explorer, began exploring the cave. The cave was famous, though. Many explorers had gone into it. It was even used by the Boy Scouts, so it's not some unknown fairy tale cave that Ryan might talk about in one of his stupid stories. It presented challenging routes, tight passages, just a playground for cave explorers. Well, there was this one part of the cave, and I'll show you a little infographic later. Funny enough, it was uh, the part of the cave is called the Birth Canal, and this is one of the tighter passages in the cave system. And um, John Edward Jones had been exploring this area and found an unmarked passage forking off to the left. So him and his partner decided that today was the day that they explore this passage. So John embarked down this new route with his partner in tow. Face first, he began wriggling down this passage. This passage was no bigger than the size of a washing machine opening the cave quickly went vertical and edwards started to lower himself down into the dark depths of this unknown passage as he plunged down deeper into this crevasse he quickly found that the path did not continue on and he would have to go back but it was at this point 
he had been uh, suspended for, uh, I don't know, like they think about 20 or so minutes and um, things inside of his body had started to change. He whistled and signaled for his partner to assist in pulling him back out. But they soon discovered that the fluids in his body had came all the way from his legs up into his chest and upper body and uh, did not allow him to get back in the passage that, God, I fucking closed my word document. (laughs) Shit! Fucking fail, motherfucker. (laughs) Those are points docked. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. It's fine. We're fine. We're going to go back. We're going to go back. All right, so here we are. John wiggling down the birth canal, the forked off to the left. He went down an unmarked passage. He started heading down face first. As it plunged vertically, he realized it was a dead end. He needed to turn around. He signaled to his partner to pull him back out. And as they started to pull him back out, he he discovered that he was not able to go backwards. The fluid in his body had pulled up into his upper body, creating the wedge that would not allow him to go. Uh, the, his partner quickly realized that he could not get him out by himself. So he left to go get rescue crews. So here John is stuck arms pinned beneath his body in a space that is no bigger than his body, his fluids in his body, pulling up into his upper body, creating a pressure in his body that was not allowing him to breathe. The blood pressure is starting to skyrocket. Death is imminent. They need to get him out. Crews worked for 26 hours to rescue him, but nothing was working. They used ropes, pulleys, and mechanical devices, and all of them failed. John lied there, fully conscious, realizing that doom was slowly coming. The pressure in his body built and built and built. With every passing hour, the reality sunk in even deeper. He knew he was going to die. It took about 28 hours, but after 28 hours, his heart gave out. And that is where his body still is to this day. The cave is no longer open to explorers and boy scouts. And that is the end of my story. (laughs) It is a a story that hits on almost all of my fears. So I think the listeners will relate. Uh, Being trapped inside of anything is horrifying to me. Dark, not being able to breathe. Uh, being stuck, not being able to get out and realizing that I'm going to die while fully conscious and just waiting for it to happen is uh, quite terrifying to me. And it's real. I want to share an infographic here. Um, How do I share a screen on this? You guys' silence is just great. I was getting getting spooked. I was getting spooked. I I will agree with you, Stephen. Getting stuck in a cave is utterly terrifying. I want to select tab. Okay. And as soon as you started telling your tale, I went to Google and I typed in NU and immediately Nutty Putty Cave came so up. So if you can see here on this infographic, oh, fuck that. there's an entrance here and he started heading out towards the big slide and down the birth canal. And that's where it forked off to the left and that's where he was exploring. It was unmarked. You can see how tight the cave system was as the dude in the red helmet here is one of the rescuers trying to get through and over to Edwards. And I think this other picture is actually a picture of him where he was stuck. So it's quite disturbing. And uh, that's, that's where he died. Have you guys ever seen those like uh, TikToks 
where there's those like cavers similar to this yeah where, like the water starts rising and they're like exhausted they can't escape yeah i've seen them they're fucking crazy it's nuts. I don't understand Never. what they're trying to accomplish. I don't either. So it's are, not like you're climbing a goddamn mountain at the end of it. You're going to be like looking over like, whoa, I did this. You're just in a fucking hole, guy. So this Somebody's is breathing heavy the entire time. Yeah. You just hear them squeezing through shit. It's like, what are you doing? <laughs> All right, so this is what the article had said about it. So exploring Nutty Putty Cave for the first time in 2009, John Jones became trapped upside down. Like uh, Before, search and rescue crews worked for 26 hours to free him, but the shape of the crevice where John was trapped became one of their biggest obstacles. The narrow crack split almost straight down, so when the crews tried to pull John out, his feet hit the tunnel's low ceiling. Pulling him backward could break his legs, the shock of which would prove fatal as John suffered the effects of being upside down. Using They used pulleys to re- rescue John Jones. To reduce the friction of the rope on the rock, rescuers drilled a series of pulleys into the cave walls did all these different things none of it worked here's a picture a search and rescue volunteer squeezes his way through a reinforced nutty putty uh one of the many type passages blah blah blah, blah. so let's see if there's a john jones 26 was crawling head first when he got stuck in a tiny unmapped tunnel deep inside nutty putty cave john became trapped upside down with fluid pooling dangerously in his head and lungs rescuers also had to deal with the difficult geometry okay so yeah anyways i don't know what pushes people to do these things i watch um like angel said there's somewhere like they go into like this really narrow cave that's filled with water and they pop out some other place right and it's like who would even be brave enough to do that in the first place like getting trapped in a tight passage would be horrifying let alone with full of water where you drown um trying to think of other things that fucking make me i hate when i watch like those dudes that go on type of skyscrapers that like hang off the skyscraper just to get the video on youtube you ever seen those, right? Oh, like like fucking uh, like, what's his name, uh, Jared Leto? Did he do fucking that? Fucking climbed the yeah. He just climbed like the Empire State Building or something stupid. I hate that man. <laughs> I watched that one documentary of the guy who solo climbed in Yosemite, uh, free solo, whatever. The whole time, my palms are so sweaty. The whole time, I cannot handle it. How were your knees? You know what this reminds me of, Stephen? What's that? You know, like the the not scary farm mazes. Like one of the big things they do now is those inflatable walls, yeah. and like it's, you get like pushed through them. I fucking hate those things; they're terrifying. Yeah, I remember reading. I like couldn't think of what I wanted to do for the spook off, but then I remember like reading about this on Reddit, like I don't know, like six years, seven years ago, and just being like disgusted, like just thinking about what would be going through that guy's mind as he lays at the bottom of this crevasse just like unable to be pulled out like did he regret it did he know what he was getting himself into was he okay with the circumstances that he found himself in like i don't know well, it must have felt like eternity and then once you yeah. like heard voices and like someone pulling on you you must have been like oh this is it i'm, I'm good i'm good and then like hearing them panic like, oh, like, fuck. There's no good. See how, like, no right good. here at the cave is, like, it has, like, it goes head first. He's crawling, crawling down. He gets to this point. So he gets stuck. And when they pull him back, it's, like, they can't angle him anymore. So, yeah, it's terrifying. Um, also get, like, kind of creeped out with similar things. is like, the people who, like, just die on Everest and, like, just stay there. It's, like, this guy's just stuck in the cave forever. And eventually people are going to explore this cave again and probably come across his remains and just i wonder if people still go in there like maybe like sneak i bet they do like sneak into it i mean they just put up signs yeah and say hey don't go in here like there's there's a hike in the los angeles forest that we go to called bighorn mine 
and there's a there was a part where like there's old mines there but people like carved away the metal fencing from going in there and we've like walked like probably a quarter mile into that thing and it's the most pitch black thing i've ever been in that's like you go in there and you turn off your phone you can't see shit it's cold it's dripping water and then there's all these like if you have your flashlight on you can see all these markings like don't go here or blow up this or whatever and the whole time i'm just thinking if there's an earthquake (laughs) you're fucked we're fucking done. Nobody We're in a mountain where right you now. are inside a mountain. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I remember going into some caverns, Carlsbad caverns, uh, or something when I was younger. And at some point in the cave tour, you're like pretty deep down in the cave. And they're like, all right, we're going to shut off the lights now just to show you how dark it is. And yeah, it's, you think, you know, dark, like you don't know dark until you're in, the, <laughs> in a fucking cave. They turn off the lights. It's disorienting how pitch black it is. It's, yeah, it's, it's haunting. Um, and there's creatures that grew and evolved in there. Like when we're in Hawaii, there's like a, a lava tube that we went yeah. in on Maui. And they're like, yeah, there's fucking bugs in here that have like learned to live and see in the dark and have never seen daylight, but they live in this fucking thing. So, Chris, did you find any part of this cave exploration scary or fear-inducing or phobia-inducing? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, I've 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 seen the they had a video on this, uh, kind of giving it like a step by step where he crawled this way because the the problem was he he thought he made a, a, a he thought he was going the right way and then he said oh I just no I think actually it's that way I need to go and the way that he was crawling down the the angle is he was like oh see I just got to get just on the other um the he's going straight ahead and he said just on the other side of that rock where it turns there that's where I need to go and then so he kept working towards it before realizing it was just an optical illusion it was just the end of the cave so then he had gotten so deep all the way up to his ankles right you can see he's almost like hanging from his ankles at that point and then he had the one arm in front of him and he had the one arm behind him and so he had the one uh behind him was pinned so he couldn't use it and the one in front of him got all tired out from him, like messing with it. And then when he was trying to adjust, I think he got, it looks like from this picture, he got that arm pinned as well. So it's like, imagine being like chest to chest stuck. You can't really use your arms for anything. And then, and then, like you said, the fact that you realize you're upside down and all your fluids start going. Yeah. That's a terrifying at what story. Point, like at what point in the rescue do you feel like, cause you know, panic, like the, when the panic sets in. So yeah. he's like, all right, pull me out. And as soon as they go to pull him out, it, it, he realizes it's not working at what, like your heart must just start going pounding at that point, like freaking the fuck out. Like, being stuck in an elevator for me like even if the doors don't open right away in an elevator like my heart just starts pounding and i'm like fucking open the door fuck open the door doors better yeah. open. Like, right like, now, right now. Yeah. and it's not even every, that big of a deal the elevator is bigger <laughs> you have space to like every moment down. that goes by you're like it's yeah. only getting worse i've seen other cave video explorations where similar situations where like they talk about people getting lost in these tight caves but i've also seen underwater ones where people like scuba dive and do like underwater cave explorations those are terrifying oh, to me too the soccer the soccer team there was there, that was like a, a year or two ago there was a like a soccer team in the philippines and they went to a cave but the it started raining and it flooded so they couldn't get out so they had to send rescuers down there and what they ended up doing is the rescuers went down there and they had to put all these kids in an induced coma hog tie them all together and then drag them out with scuba equipment 
And I was like, why did they have to be in a in a coma? And they said they couldn't handle the, the kids freaking out or anything or messing with their respirators or messing with their goggles. So they had to physically put them in a coma, hog tie them, strap, uh, strap an oxygen tank on them, and then go. Terrifying. God. It makes me not want to go to caves. This is a, a sudden thing. And then it's like, all right, we got 12 hours to execute this. And within that 12 hours, somebody figures out, okay, first of all, put them in a coma. That's number one. Done. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to wiggle too much. What can we do? Uh, we can put them out. All right, Angel. I want to hear from you. Uh, biggest fears. What are the fears that can instantly get you panicking? Panicking? Well, that's one of them. And I know it's one of them. Tight the one spaces? you described. Yeah, because I won't even try to empathize, like put myself in the situation. I just can't. Yeah, I just can't. No, if you try so, too hard, it really will get you. It will get you fucked, fucked up. A little yeah, I, I, I can't do that. I can't do that at all. That, that, that terrifies me. There's others, I guess. I mean, but you know, I could, I could totally go through this scenario in my head. This one, no. What? This what, one's just too much. All right, I'll talk about other fears because we're here talking about spooky stuff and fears. What are you guys' thoughts on? just being out in the middle of the ocean in deep water specifically the ocean because there's creatures in the ocean that present danger of course i don't know if that would really scare me i have like a very big fear of like deep water ocean whatever you know i even get it when i'm playing like in the waves like if i get to a point where i can't touch the the bottom anymore you know like my mind just starts racing too hard and I think about everything out there that could hurt me. <laughs> like you just feel so small and you're not on top of the food chain anymore. Uh, mm. And I'm a good swimmer. I, I can swim perfectly fine. And it's mostly just the unknown. But uh, that and I think the only other fear that I might have that's overwhelming is uh, spiders. Yeah, I fucking hate spiders. Oh, yeah, dude. Fuck that. Where are you at on Fuck your spider that. journey? I think I'm at the point now where if like I see one, I don't freak out. But like if it if it like somehow is on me and I didn't know it was on me and I see it, I like fucking lose it. I freak out so much. Uh, like I'll go on runs at night and, um, I have to like carry a flashlight with me at all times when I'm running because like, as you run along sidewalks, like spiders at night will, uh, make just webs randomly random places. And I've run into a few of them like face first without my flashlight. And I like, does the flashlight help? I feel like it's yes. not going to do yeah, it. So, yeah. like, the flashlight will give me about, like, a five-foot notice that there's a spider web. If I'm paying attention. Like, I know to, like, pay attention. And I run in the street as much as I possibly can. But when it's an area maybe with more traffic or if a car's coming, I'll hop on the sidewalk. But, like, like I'll keep the flashlight just, sh- like, right in face level as I'm kind of jogging. And, yeah, it catches that web and that spider. And I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> you know, like, I get out of the way. But... Oh, it gives me the heebie-jeebies too much. But other fears, you guys have other other fears. I think this one; those are my three biggest. An ability to breathe. Is a big yeah, this is, this is what this is part of it too. The tight space. You remember? You remember getting sat on as a kid? Yes. I can't breathe, I can't breathen, fuck off. It happened to me recently <laughs> on my thirtieth uh, birthday. I had like a little beer fest here. It was thirtieth, thirty-two. I don't know, whatever. It was when we first bought this house, and we had everybody over, and we did like the little beer fest here. And uh, I got really drunk in the first like hour or two, and I like instantly went to crash. And like I went in the room and fell face first on the carpet, just passed out. But like I think Ryan and Richard and some other people found me, 
and like decided to start wrestling me and try to pull my pants off while I'm <laughs> drunk in my room. And I'm like, no, don't pull my pants off, no. And then like at some point, Richard just like sat on me and like he's a bigger dude, and I'm just like crushing. My ribs are just crushing. And, like I can't, I can't breathe. <laughs> it's just terrifying. So this cave experience, yeah. I mean, like like the pressure in his body was building up. You couldn't. I mean, at some point, you can't breathe. Your, your breaths are just getting shallower and shallower. It's like. Yeah, I hear those are the worst deaths. It's it's drowning and burning alive. So I think I've heard two theories on the burning alive thing. And if you're lucky enough, I don't know. But like they say, a lot of times the smoke can like pass you out before you. Yeah. I mean, you could like yep. pass out from smoke before it's like too horrible. I'm sure you still are going to go through a considerable amount of pain. But like in the case of a house fire, you're more likely to pass out before you burn. But if they like yep. tie you to a stake like a witch style, I think you're going to feel most of that burning. So, <laughs> so and then drowning, I don't know. Like I can't fathom what that's like, but I think if I was in a situation where like concrete boots sink into the bottom of the a lake, I'm I think I'm just inhaling that water pretty fast. Like I'm just going to get it over with. <laughs> like I'm not gonna <laughs> try to hold my breath for like three minutes and like go. Oh, What's oh, the point? God, I don't even want to think about that. No, <laughs> no dude. Okay, I just remembered the worst fear. Okay. The worst fear since I was a child: being accidentally admitted into insane asylum and being forgotten. Oh God, <laughs> that <laughs> happened to you? That's weird, right? I don't know. No, but like one. I had that's nightmares so as a kid about that. I don't know why. But that's like always been a fear. I had like nightmares of being like left alone, but like in a very like it was always like at nighttime. And my fear was like this very specific like school campus type uh, situation where like I found myself suddenly in like a dark courtyard of like a school. Nobody was around and it was just like ominous and I didn't know what to do. Like everybody had gone. I don't know what that was all about, but it was like a reoccurring dream in my childhood. That and like swimming in lava. I don't know what the fuck that was about. Swimming in lava. Like I would have dreams where I'm like waist deep in lava, and like we're all I'm just like walking around. There's other people in the lava, and I'm like, hey, it's not even that bad. I don't know what the people are talking about. And like I would dip my face into the lava, and I'd come up, and then all of a sudden I'd see my face as like a skeleton. And I'd like wake up. <laughs> <laughs> it was like the stupidest shit you dream about. I remember that to this day. There was like a, reoc- a reoccurring like shopping mall that used to pop up in my dreams that like did not exist in real life, but it was something that existed in my dreams multiple times. But hey, know. you know, with, with all these like unique facts, you probably you need to write down the ones that they are, and then I bet you it was like your brain trying to tell you something. Like maybe this this random mart. Did you like you said it was a store, right? There was just a random store like showed up story, anywhere. It was like a two story like J C Penny type store okay. that was. Something, yeah. Did you go in there and get stuff or you just walked by it? Uh, I think I would see it from like an outside perspective, but I also do remember being inside of it, like down an escalator. And like gotcha. every time it's like, I don't know, like I'm by myself. Like my my mom wouldn't be there or something. So I guess I, yeah. I guess the, the concept I was thinking is like, let's say if, if on all these different scary dreams, like that's where you went to get like, I don't know, uh, an axe or something to like protect yourself with. Maybe that store is representative of like a safe place like to you, you know, or if you have this uh, fear of lava, maybe it's this uh, this issue coming at you in life or something that you're like terrified of things, things like that. I was seven or eight years old. So I mean, like, how, I wonder how deep it could, could be. 
but well but did did they stay yeah. uh, you're right you have them when seven or eight years old but did you have ones that were similar as you got older i mean i feel like i have dreams that I've, uh, that remind me similarly of dreams i had when i was a kid and it's given me the impression it's kind of staying the same thing yeah i'm trying to think if it it's reoccurred recently, nothing like what recently at all in the last like 20 years, but I do get these reoccurring dreams now that I'm older and it's always like me driving something, a vehicle or whatever. And it's just like a dream steering where like, I can't really turn the wheel and the car is like kind of out of control. Like I need to stop it, but like it's like going too fast and I feel inebriated and I can't really turn the wheel. And yeah, and I always don't know it's a dream. Like I really feel like it's really happening, and then I wake up when it crashes or something bad happens. But or like I realize at some point in the driving experience, like this is a dream, and I like fucking put my head down, like shake it off, and I wake up. Have you guys woken yourself out of a dream before? Like realize oh, yeah. that you're in a dream and wake yourself out of it. Too many pumpkin seeds. Let me tell you, <laughs> pumpkin seeds. I used to have nightmares as kids that would be reoccurring, and I wouldn't stop having the nightmare. Until I was like lucid in the dream, like I, I I was able to consciously like do things in the dream, and then I, yeah, and then I like stopped having the dream. Once you guys I have any uh, irrational fears, clowns, uh, stuff like that? I feel like clowns might not be that irrational, but I know like some people would be like, I'm so scared of like fish and if i see a fish i freak out or like something that nobody is scared of and they just have an irrational fear to it do you guys have any of those yes what, yes I what do. is it is it real what's your cotton cotton balls shut up is this a real thing cotton balls oh yeah i hate cotton are balls. You, what is, why are you scared of cotton balls it's, let's talk it's about the this. feel and the sound of it it just mm-hmm. makes me cringe they are weird <laughs> the idea of pulling a cotton ball out of a bottle Oof, oof. Gives you the heebie-jeebies. Yeah, man, shiver all over just thinking when, about it. When Ryan passes out on his birthday, I'm just gonna pour all these cotton balls over him and see how. See when he wakes up, he's gonna be surrounded by cotton balls. You ever like put a sharpie on a cotton ball? Oh god! Wow. Is it the is it the texture? Is it like something dry rubbing against each other? Oh, yeah. it's, it's like the texture and the sound of it. It's just. Ugh. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> it's like I get I get something similar. Like remember the old school school lunch tables? How they had like the it was like fiberglass. Yeah, and there was like a wet spot. If you rub your hand against the across the wet spot into the dry, and it eventually like becomes like really uh, I don't know how to dry, it, but like really dry and like I, I I can't stand that 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 feeling. It's like I feel like the tips of my fingers are just going to separate. Like they're going to slice. Yeah. Is heebie-jeebies the same thing as a fear, though? Because, like, there's a lot of things that will give me, like, the massive, like, cringe chills down my back. Like, ugh. But it's not fear. It's more just, like, I don't know what that I think it's, like, a separate feeling, right? Like, I can't stand, like, hearing, like, those videos of... What do they call ASMR videos? Those usually just tr- trigger... Those trigger things deep inside my soul, and it's all violent, angry thoughts, and I don't know why, because it just sounds, but I so much want to reach through the screen and strangle that person, uh, but I can't. Yeah, they're gross. I don't get it, and some people find it so enjoyable. Uh, I feel like chewing on foil, like 
having to chew on aluminum yeah. is like a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you have fillings, if you have a, if you yeah, have poor well, people, you know when they do those fillings, they're gross. like, oh, chew on this so I can see where to grind. <laughs> well, they do it when they want to grind it, right? They put it even if it's the composite, they put it in and then they have you chew on a piece of foil so they can see where they can sh- have to shave off, so it's even. Whatever, maybe whatever, but like chewing on the foil is like. Ugh. I've never had fillings. No, well, Mr. Perfect. Wow, Wait, you've never had cavities? Oh God, no, no cavities. Wow, you should go get checked out. Probably. <laughs> yeah, if you don't go to the dentist, you don't have cavities. Yeah, it's true. No, I went to the dentist. I go to the dentist all the time. Just never had cavities. I would say I'm not uh, scared of spiders, and so much so that when I find spiders and or. Uh, well, yeah, when I find spiders in my household, uh, I'm told to, hey, go kill that spider. And I go, hold on. And I go get a red solo cup and I scoop him up and I go put him outside. He and Ryan salt blasted. <laughs> and then I give him a little kiss and a pat and send him on his way. Uh, Gross. Gross. Because so there's, I hate mosquitoes. I smack them with a chunkla every time. <laughs> there's, I, I look oh, at them. I'm like, yeah, those are kind of weird. Yeah. I'm like, I need something to combat the mosquitoes. Or, or like that one I always hear is when people see... Uh, a possum they go oh possum terrifying i'm like no possum's great because like they they eat bugs they're uh naturally immune to rabies they can't carry all these other things they're like they're just like fantastic you know so i think about it, i think about it that way so i think there's not really a lot of creatures like that that'd be terrifying um but the the thing that the thing that always scares me is when i don't is if I have a, a situation where I don't have the opportunity to do something about it. Like, see, when you're saying, if I'm just floating in the middle of the ocean, I'm like, okay, well, I'm just floating here. There's nothing really I can do besides floating there. But like, if I was stranded on an island, you know, that's scary itself. But I'm like, okay, well, I, I can work on this. I can, you know, I can put my best foot forward and see what I can do. But if I was, uh, this one is probably my worst. If I was just like buried alive, like if I just woke up and I'm like, oh, I'm in a box oh and and I'm like underground and I'm like, there's just nothing I can do. That's when it would get to me. So, or when I'm like stuck in a cave. Ski accidents are kind of similar. Ski accidents either fall oh, yeah. like the tree well where like the snow accumulates around a tree, but it creates like the hollow uh, ring around it and mm-hmm. a lot of skiers uh doing back backcountry skiing they'll they can fall head first into those and they can't get out and they're kind of just stuck upside down in a, in this thing and just hopefully somebody comes by to save them uh or they have some sort of device that can signal and then also avalanches too getting buried under all that snow like that's terrifying to me <laughs> it's just like being somewhere <clears throat> being buried alive similar concept i think we can i think we can talk at length about all these fears but i'm afraid we need a Go on to our next story. That's fine. Thank you very much, Stephen, for 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 making me feel very uncomfortable. All right. Well, that was the, po- the point of all this. The point is to make Ryan poop his pants. But good job. I think he's- all right. Ryan, what did you bring for Stephen? Well, thank you for participating in this, Stephen. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. It's a, um, it is a disturbing concept. You know, it's a good story. <laughs> we'll let the uh, execution up to the judges. Yeah, well, it's not the best. See, now- Stephen, you can unchair now. <laughs> I'm trying to find the button. There we go. Now, dear listeners, Steve and I approach this task very differently. (laughs) My spooky story is a work of fiction mixed with facts. I'm going to take you on a tale, sit back, and listen as I tell you the story that I like to call Bidding the Grove. Bidding? Bidding the Grove. Okay. 
Like auction? Now, this is a story about a young man in his mid-30s named Stefan. <laughs> Stefan sat awake at 2 a.m., staring at the glow of his computer screen. The screen reflected a dim red as he looked at his accounting spreadsheets. Stefan had worked in the construction industry for over 10 years, successfully bidding concrete for new construction projects. <laughs> he was so popular, he was deemed the king of concrete. It was a corny title, he knew. But he adopted the title for the name of his company that he founded, Concrete King by Stefan. <laughs> corny, but it fits his personality. The first six months were fantastic. Stefan was able to take several of his customers with him, and he was winning bids left and right. However, the good time suddenly grinded to a halt. The economy slowed down, and his previous company was sneaking in and underbidding Stefan left and right. At this rate, the king of concrete would be in the dumpster in two months. Stefan had grown into the habit of staying up late nights, hoping for a miracle. Bling! A bid request had come through suddenly at 2.10 a.m. Stefan opened it quickly and saw it was from one of his best clients from many years ago. Hey, Stefan, it's Aunt Hell. I've got a government bid for you, and it's huge. You're a shoo-in. But I need you here this Saturday. We have to walk it after hours. The client's very particular. Stefan found it strange, but this project would save his ass. He's in. That Saturday, Stefan flew out to San Francisco, got a rental car, and drove out to Monte Rio, a few hours' drive from San Francisco. Stefan was the only vendor bidding the project, and the client was paying for all of his expenses, flight, rental car, food. He was being taken care of. As he drove into the forest compound, he was amazed by the giant redwoods and the freshness in the air. My team's going to love this project. So fresh! Much better than pouring concrete in California's butthole, San Bernardino. It was soon dusk, and as Stephen rolled, Stefan rolled into the parking lot where Anne Hell was awaiting him. Hey, buddy! Thanks for accommodating the strange schedule, but, you know, our clients are high-end, and they want us on site when no one else is here. Have you heard of this place before? Asked Anne Hell. Bohemian Grove? No, can't say I have, responded Stefan. Great. Well, you're going to love this project. They're truly going to cover your ass. As you know, this bit is to pour the foundation in the underground club. Going to be a real cool spot. Underground club for the high end, the richest, the elitist of the elite. If you do good, they'll probably, let, they'll, they'll probably give you a standing invite. Well, follow me. And Hell patted Stefan on the back and guided him down the trail that led to a wooden staircase in the forest. That further went further deep into a ravine. It was growing darker, so Angel pulled out a flashlight to guide their way. I didn't realize it would get so dark so fast. Got another light? Stefan asked. Sorry. Maybe use your phone? Angel said without turning around. Left it in my car. I'll just stick close to you, Stefan said. As the two reached the bottom of the stairs, they encountered a heavy metal door. That was embedded in the side of the hill. The hill was about 50 feet above the ground, and the two were in the were in pitch black. Just outside of Van Hell's light, they could see nothing. 
and Hal pulled out a key card, swiped it at an access reader next to the door. Beep, 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 beep. The door unlocked. And Hal opened the door and motioned to Stefan to move on ahead of him. Stefan entered the door in front of Von Hell and was greeted to yet another staircase heading underground. The side of the walls were lined with flickering lights. Well, is it this fancy? How deep does this go? Stefan asked. Well, we'll be going down another hundred feet. They believe uh, close to Earth brings in good energy. So go ahead, lead the way. I'll light your path from behind. And how gently pushed on Stefan's back, guiding him forward. Stefan walked down the stairs. The sound of each footstep echoed off the walls. Each step he took, it got colder and colder as he descended into the darkness, the lights getting dimmer and dimmer. Stefan could barely make out the walls at his side after about what felt like forever, but in reality it was three minutes of walking. Yeah, he reached the door. Stefan pulled to open it, but it was locked. I got this. They're big about security here. You need these access cards to get around, and Hell explained. He swiped the card at the reader, and the two entered the room. This room was massive, and Hell and Stefan had walked into an auditorium that looked like it would seat a few hundred people. But they were working on the ground level, almost like two gladiators walking into battle. Hey, Stefan, I got, I got to take a piss. I'll be right back. But this is your room. This is the room you're bidding. So take a look around. Get started on that bid. I'll be right back. And Hal turned around, swiped the card again. Door clicked behind him. And uh, Stefan found this strange. And out of curiosity, he turned to open the door, but it was locked. Great. Asshole left me here. Better be back quick. Stefan couldn't lie to himself. His body was flooded with anxiety, being in this strange, dark place for the first time in his life. He was truly scared and was thinking about all of his life's regrets. But he quickly shook it off and began to walk around the dirt floor, doing calculations in his head as he moved towards the center of the auditorium. Auditorium. <sighs> of course, uh, I need to factor in, you know, flights, hotel rooms, per diem pay, this job is going to make me and my team bank, Stefan said to himself, and he was starting to get excited. But as he approached the center of the room, this excitement quickly faded. It was hard to make out in the flickering lights, but there was a, a dark fluid in the center of the room. Stefan knelt down, put his fingertips in it, rubbed it between. It's a little thick. His curiosity was running wild. He quickly walked towards one of the flickering lights on the wall to examine the fluid. His greatest fear was real. The fluid was blood. Stefan quickly ran to the door he came in, yanked on the door, forgetting it was locked. Nothing, nothing. Wasn't moving, not a budge. And hell, and hell, get me the fuck out of here! Stefan was screaming at the top of his lungs. As Stefan continued to yell, his echoes reverberated through the entire room, and he felt his voice rumble his bones. Stefan was screaming for what felt like an eternity as he pounded on the door, and soon his screams turned to whimpers and tears as he feared this was the end. He worried about what would happen to his family, his employees. Tears welled up in his eyes as he feared he would never leave. 
Now, now, Stefan. This is your true life's purpose. A dark voice said coolly behind him. What? Stefan exclaimed, voice cracking. He quickly turned around and saw a tall figure in a dark robe towering above him. This person must have been at least seven feet tall. Stefan fell to his knees, tears now streaming down his cheeks. What is this place? What do you want from me? Your friend on hell has chosen you to be sacrificed. But it's okay. It'll be over soon. And your friend on hell requested your family be taken care of. They'll be set for life. Millionaires never left wanting. They will miss you, long for you, desire return. But the money will satiate their sadness. And while your company will be rebranded, your crew will find success and will ensure that they find business for decades to come. What what is happening? Stefan crumbled to the ground, crawling to the feet of the figure. Now, now, just accept. This pain will be temporary. The figure knelt down to Stefan, raised him up. Stefan was now standing and had to look straight up to see, to look towards the face of this figure. All he saw was darkness. Again, the pain will be temporary. But the sweet world release will be forever. The dark figure placed a cloth over Stefan's face and he passed out into darkness. Stefan awoke. He was slumped over a stone bench. Feet chained to the floor. Belly laying over cold stone and hands chained to the side. Stefan found that he was now naked. And he began to shiver uncontrollably. He raised his face up. He could see now that the auditorium was filled with hundreds of hooded figures. (laughs) This is a fucking trap. And I'm here for your entertainment. Stefan yelled, voice cracking. Quiet. The dark figure's voice rang through the auditorium. This is your sacrifice, Stefan. The sacrifice of your innocence and life will bring another year of peace to this planet. While no one will truly know what you gave to this world, their souls will truly understand someday. And your family, they'll be taken care of. Now lay there. Put on a good show. The louder you are, the better. You fucking monsters! And hell! Stefan's face was screaming into the stone slab, spit puddling in the center. I'm sorry, Stefan. A familiar voice was almost whispering to him. It was then hell. But he had a knife in his hand and was standing at the face of the slab. Naked. I hope you understand. This, this is for the good of the whole world, Stefan. I'm going to slowly bleed your wrists, then sodomize you. Once you reach the moment of true weakness, I will end it all. And hell leaned over and kissed Stefan's forehead. Reached over to his left wrist. Cut. Blood was then pouring on the left slab. Anhel reached to the right. Cut. Blood poured over to the left slab. Anhel then walked over behind Stefan. Kicked his feet to the side. No! Please! Whimpered Stefan. Sorry, Stefan. I didn't bring it out for air. 
Stefan then felt <laughs> terrible pressure repeatedly thrust into him. He squeezed his eyes as tight as he could and screamed uh, with all his might, hoping for salvation. Then a sharp, warm scratch went across his throat, and then eternal darkness. <laughs> the end. Uh, well, Ryan, I think that was a very entertaining story. I appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> Couple couple things. Uh, first of all, we're gonna get fucking demonetized for that. Shit. <laughs> okay. First of all, you said the room was full of dirt. I was there to pour concrete. Yet, however, I was chained up over a con- over a slab. Suddenly, was it a different room? Or it, it was moved in there. It was oh. moved in there. Okay. Oh, okay. okay. All right. Okay. Well, little. little <laughs> yeah, your concrete dries there. quickly. I see. It, was, it wasn't you, Stephen. First of all, Stephen, it wasn't you. It was Stefan. Stefan. Okay. Stefan. Now, if you want to place yourself in his boots, that's on you. Okay. That's on you. Okay. Second of all, there's no way that a secret society called the Bohemian Grove would ever exist, and there was no way that I would ever go to that. So, um, number one, <laughs> Steve, the Bohemian Grove is a real place. No, I, was, I'm all, I'm, I am also on that. TikTok. Is it really? That's in my TikTok feeds. Yeah, it's a secret society <laughs> full of like powerful elites that presidents and oh, other world leaders yeah. have been. Oh in. Yeah. yeah, I think I'm yeah, it's not that. a secret club. No, it's a. Uh, it, what what goes on inside of it is secret, but like it's a known society for elites, and yeah, there's people that have snuck into the property and stuff. They're very very big into like owl imagery and different things. So, oh. did you see that TikTok? Yeah. Uh, it was up like a week ago where the guy, the guy snuck, snuck in? in. Yeah, they have like really high paid security though. That like I'm surprised that anybody was able to sneak into that. But oh, oh guys, probably did. He's probably. But I told you it's a tale, the fictionalized tale yeah. mixed with the reality. It's good. Bohemian Grove is a real place. Very entertaining. I was not scared very much. I was a little <laughs> turned on and a little intrigued. <laughs> it makes me happy that uh, Felicia had to read that. <laughs> how did you spell Angel? Yeah, I just... It's A-N-H-E-L-L. Yeah. <laughs> well, I put myself in those shoes. You so. put those shoes and I'm just... I enjoyed it. So I didn't get sodomized before I died. I was like at least hoping to, you know, feel the <laughs> the girth of his cock enter my butthole. You, you felt the pressure. You felt the pressure. I didn't pull it out for air. <laughs> Where did you steal that line that from? Good. It's so good. I got to fucking remember <laughs> that shit. What's it from? That's from, um, what's that movie? Uh, Requiem for a Dream. Yeah, I didn't pull it out for air. Yeah. Oh, God, I'm going to fucking remember uh-huh. that shit. Every time I fucking whip it out in front of Schmel, I'm going to be like, I didn't pull it out for air, baby. <laughs> gluck, gluck, get to suck. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, your story is definitely more entertaining than mine, Ryan. And I think it was much better execution. It's as if uh, we'll, we'll leave this up to the judges uh, on which one is more terrifying. Terrifying? No, I don't we're know just uh, we're tallying up the last, the last bit of them. Uh, I want to thank you, Ryan, for your story. You know Very what? graphic. God, but I enjoyed it. The <laughs> hindsight on this uh, spook off is just—it's too much for me to handle. There. I just I wish I would have uh, made up this cave story like and I wish I would have had like Ryan like exploring the tight crevasse, <laughs> the tight crevasse. should have done like an angel maybe fudge packing type story but with Ryan and his fucking partner <laughs> <laughs> dumb dude <Exploring. laughs> 
Courtesy you know, ridiculous. It, okay. I think I, I think if you two could have uh, if you two could have combined your brains, you probably would have made a fantastic Collab. scary story. Yeah, yeah. because uh, <laughs> like 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 Stephen Stephen for example, you know he took this this uh, uh, like when I watched that video of that happened in the cave, I was like, man, like this was this was Stephen's opportunity to be like, all right, so we're just gonna go we're just gonna go climbing one day, we're just going through here, and you step in your arm is suddenly not there and there's a gasp and i feel like the selling element wasn't there it was just like this is what happened can you guys believe that so i think if you could have sold it a little bit more i think it would have i think it would have helped on yours because you had a good premise and then i I don't know why with ryan's i was expecting like a sudden turn at the end and then it just it just ended it was great but i was when he was like cut his throat (laughs) the end and i was like but who are they what's going on like what like (laughs) I don't know. I had, I had questions that probably didn't necessarily need answers, but yeah, but they're they're good. And that's a beautiful thing because it leaves the reader wanting more. I want to read more. That's the a good scariest thing. stories hide the monsters, Christopher. Mm. Yeah, I hate when scary movies do that. They show the 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 bad guy in like the first ten minutes. I'm like, okay, well. that is why Paranormal Activity One was so effective because there I actually was, wasn't scared of that movie. Paranormal Activity what? It was, was a great terrifying movie. It was so so suspenseful. It was so real and there was never they never uh materialized the monster. It was always this like entity, this like weird force that was out there that you were worried at any moment could pop out in the screen. It was that constant tension of mm-hmm. not knowing if something was going to pop out at you. I need to go back and watch Paranormal Activity. I don't know if it's as scary now that you like just no, if you've it, seen it. It's, it, it, was like it needs moment. to be in the theater. Yeah, in the theater yeah. before you were exposed to number one, two, and three, before people ripped off that style. And, you know, it was really effective the, at the time. The first one was so indie. Like, I remember when it, it came out, it was like, it's going to be in your theater for like two weeks or something like that. And it's kind of like bounced around. Yeah. What were the statistics? All this mystery to it. It was like $12,000 budget. It was just shot in like a Airbnb in San Diego kind of thing. They like just rented out like a a house and they just filmed it over the weekend. (laughs) And it just made like millions of dollars. They made a fortune. But it was good. Like it it just shows a good idea. It doesn't need a budget, like a high budget. Well, it it, it, just needs execution. it, It pointed out a concept of, you, if you just put plot points there, you can let your audience tell themselves how they're going to be scared. You know, like like the fact of in the paranormal activity, like towards the end, that you just hear like these steps coming up the stairs, and it's slowly bothering you, and then it opens the door, and there's like nothing there. But you were already scared because you were starting to put in your mind what you think it was, or all that stuff. Build it all up. I think it was Paranormal Activity 2. There was a scene, and I cannot forget it. And it's so simple. Like, they're monitoring the house, and they're trying to figure out what the hell's going on. And I think they attach the camera to a fan, and the fan is oscillating back and forth. And so it oscillates to this room, and you see this room. It's just a living room, couch, everything empty. And then it would oscillate back and it would pan over like the threshold of the doorway into the other kitchen. 
And it would just be nothing there, just the kitchen island, everything. And it did it for like a minute straight, just slowly panning back and forth between each room. And you're just on the edge of your seat in the theaters, like, yeah. what the fuck is this? And like, what is it going to – and then all of a sudden, like all the shit in the kitchen just like fucking dropped from the ceiling or something. Like, Oh, yeah. And it was just yeah, – just good. the way they shot it was such a good idea to like not know what's in that other room. And you're slowly panning back to it and you're like – really terrified of what you're going to see and if there is anything but over and over again there was nothing and you're just like so it was, so, it was terrifying that was a number two i think that was two. three was the one that got weird with like the cult yeah and then they made the spanish one yeah i don't know so yeah like i approached this like spook off thing i was like okay what's a situation that would be like super scary to be in because i don't know if i knew any stories or i didn't know any fables or like weird monsters or anything like didn't know any of those stories, but I, I knew like, oh, this, but I should have like, I think I should have took it and then fictionalized it too. Yes. That, I, I think you would really would have crushed it there. paranormal activity come out? And, yeah. and it's funny because Steven, you could have, you could have ended it. Like you could have said the whole story and, and then you were like, that was the real life of such and stuff. And then I think when everyone's like, oh, snap, that really happened. It would add like a final plot twist. Right. Yeah. Or like that's why I was waiting for Ryan to happen, and then that really happened. It made the San Francisco Chronicle. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm gonna go ahead and share the scores. No <laughs> baby, I can't wait. I hope I got a 69. <laughs> <laughs> Close. You know when you guys can see it. Ooh, ooh. Whoa, here we go. atmosphere and setting. Ooh, baby. Oh, hey. crushed you. Angel's a rough judge. Oh, good job. Original creativity, oh, so, yeah, five. Yeah. Well, so, uh, so so guys, you so the listeners probably have no <laughs> idea what's going on. So <laughs> feel free to <laughs> annotate on what you're talking about. Okay, so these are the these are the uh, ten category, the criteria that we're judging Stephen and Ryan on. It's atmosphere and setting, uh, originality, creativity, character development, plot pacing, psychological impact, use of horror elements, use of language. Thematic depth, score, uh, scare factor, and ending and resolution. And there's like a brief description. We'll put it up on the uh, whatever it is so you guys can read it. Um, but basically, uh, the total final, Steven with 130 <laughs> and Ryan with 171. This, this is Boom, baby. baby. This is, there, is, there is rampant <laughs> corruption amongst these judges. <laughs> they were paid off and bribed. I am the Olympic boxer going against like South Africa, like, well, you know, and not being not totally out boxing the other guy. And then the scorecard comes out saying the other dude dominant. This is bullshit. I protest. And I, I think you need to learn how to talk, Stephen, because you look under use of language. I didn't uh, realize Angel, we had all Angel these two. <laughs> well, I have notes. So you described what the body was, Stephen, like what was happening to the body. I wish you spent more time connecting the progression of panic and fear. Yeah, I was right? hoping for that, like, too. Kind of just, yeah. yeah, you just you just started like, okay, this happened, and then you moved on to the next part of the story. Well, I wrote so it, really it like five give... minutes before we started. Okay. I knew it! I knew it! <laughs> we saw you. We saw you. We could tell. You said body like 15 times. I was losing my spot in my document, and I was just trying to ad-lib until I figured it back out. <laughs> yeah, that score of two in language. Which is because he said body like 15 times body. in 10 seconds. <laughs> body, 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 body. And uh, you just rushed through the end of it. There was no climactic suspense. You were like, oh, yeah, and then he just died. And uh, <laughs> oh, kind of like here's Ryan's. a museum infograph. Mm. No, but, okay, so Ryan, actually, I have one note for him. Is why I gave him a, a 10 on, on, what was it? Atmosphere and setting. 
is because he brings up a terrible fear of mine, which is being left behind and forgotten. It's, you know, giving the other people the incentive that no one will miss me, you know, because typically, yeah, me, I am the provider. Um, but if without me, they can be better off, then I'm just forgotten. And it's like, what's the meaning of being in existence? Yeah. You know, it just yeah. kind of takes that away. So right off the bat, I was like, God. I feel like that's, in this spook rough. off, there are no winners. I feel like halfway through my uh, segment, I realized it was a failure, but I had to see it through. And uh, there was absolutely no scariness to Ryan's story. It was I was giggling the whole time. It was <laughs> so. I think ultimately we're both receiving an F grade. Congratulations on getting a little bit higher of an F than I got. Are you Ryan. dragging Ryan into your into yes. your F? <laughs> I am not going to allow him to get away with his story being scary. It was not scary. It was a <laughs> rendition of. Uh, Secret society. You could have you, the secret. I think they would be like laughing at how terrible you describe their secret society. That's just terrible. You're, you're you know, just it, a sacrifice. No, it, right, right. It's okay. You got the fifty out of one hundred. I got like the thirty-two out of one hundred. But we both got Fs. We're gonna have to retake the class. I think. I don't know. <laughs> I see a lot of green on my scorecard. Yeah, a lot of red on, on yours. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, Hey, you know, Stephen, why don't you just stick with what you're good at and you can challenge Ryan to, I don't know, a snarky comeback off nope. or something. Every Ooh. time we do this podcast, I'm going to have a horror segment until I'm actually better than him. So Ooh, It's going to be a long 2024. <laughs> the next one will be a lot better. I'm doing the next one on the next podcast. I'll, I'll take a rematch any day. <laughs> I'll rematch you. I'll rematch you. Also, <laughs> I thought like uh, like maybe tell the story in like five minutes because like that's I thought was like the – the crit- criticisms I was getting back on the the podcast on like what people wanted to hear was like get through the fucking scripted shit as fast as possible to get to open discussion. So I'm like, yeah, I want to set up this like cave story about how someone wedged themselves in a cave and died. Let's talk about our fears. That's kind of where I was going with. It, my it was segment. clearly a spook off, Stephen. Uh, <laughs> I was just thinking okay. the same thing. It was it was a spooky <laughs> story segment, and we said the setting was you're sitting around a campfire. Oh, go. Well, I totally forgot about all that. Like my story doesn't. Oh really my god! Happen. You had a whole extra week to prepare because you canceled the last minute. Nice. <laughs> I canceled last minute That's true. <laughs> because my wife's. What was it? <laughs> Her birthday. You already forgot yeah. your excuse. <laughs> it's part of the joke, Chris. <laughs> so, uh, all you viewers out there, we'd love to get feedback from you if you want to email in uh, who you thought did well, worst, terrible, and things like that. And also, what a uh, future spook off you'd like to hear in the future. Oh, very good. I agree. Just wait for my story about Christoph and <laughs> Rion. <laughs> Christoph and Rion going cave diving in the Galapagos. <laughs> Yeah. All right, you guys want to you guys want to hear uh, some mail? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is it yeah, real mail? mail time? <laughs> it better not be about the fucking Forty ers <laughs> or sort of God. <laughs> hey there, Cowboys! It's your number one fan again. I have a bone to pick with Cowboy Ryan. He continues to give outdated and wrong info about the Forty ers <laughs> Lions record. <laughs> it's time for him to admit the Forty ers by far superior than the Lions and get ready to pay up. Thank you, smiley face. Well, as of this recording, the 49ers and the Detroit Lions have the same record. It's true. Now, as you're listening to this after the the new year, the 49ers got destroyed 
by the Washington Commanders, who have only won four games before this. This is their fifth victory. Continuing to show that the 49ers crumble under pressure and are not an elite team. Better luck next year. You know, the Lions also got wrecked by Baltimore. Shh. Lost a lot of money on that. That was Chris's pick of the week. That is correct. That was <laughs> dude, that was that was real bad. That was Chris's yeah. Chris's lock of the week in Vegas. Yeah. The Lions upset <laughs> destroyed, dismantling the Ravens and within the first quarter, <laughs> They, they like lost by like forty points or something. It was like six to forty six or something. It was so bad. It's quite painful to watch. You know, I see that the uh, the Lions are playing the Cowboys. So I think the Lions are going to and actually I bet you oh yeah, the Cowboys are favored by negative five and a half. So uh, and then the the Niners, they're going up against the atrocious Commanders, and they're favored by twelve points. So mm-hmm. uh, the Niners are going to have the Niners are probably going to be uh, up one next week, and the Lions, we don't know. Oh, very good. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. So we're going to do one more mail, and then we'll save the next one for next week uh, because it actually comes with a question. This is from. Uh, all right, we have the next uh, from Kyle. Yeah, big fan of the show. You guys put out great content. Shout out to my favorite cowboy, Steven. Fucking bullshit, Kyle. You're a fucking liar, Kyle. (laughs) I enjoyed the roundtable memories episode and couldn't believe how many adventures could come from a simple pizza shop. Reminds me of the movie Waiting. You have a talent for telling stories. The delivery to the lady with her boob out got me good. (laughs) If a fantasy porno scene was to happen to any of the cowboys, it would be Steven. On another note... I just found out that cowboy Ryan terrorized his neighborhood by repeatedly throwing all of the furniture into the pool. While it did cause a good laugh, I must agree that Steven, with Steven, the cowboy Ryan is by far the biggest menace to society. Keep up the great content and discord. Kyle. Well, thank you, Kyle. Well, for fuck you, it. Kyle. Thank you, Kyle. Fuck and you, Kyle. <laughs> you, know, you talked about Mr. Steven being a great storyteller. <laughs> Guess what, Kyle? As you heard, he just lost the fucking spook You know spook what, Kyle? I owe you one, man, because tonight was not the night. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Hopefully you laugh along with my failures as much as my good stories, too, because it's uh, that's the way it is sometimes. Kyle, I hope you've listened from the beginning and listened to our porn episodes. Mine was. Because, again, I, I, I beat Steven in oh, that episode, too. I was just thinking about that, Ryan, because mine was clearly better. Uh, we oh, should do another porn episode. I think it's it's about time that we do porn. once a year. We may do that once a year. We, that should be you our, know how excited um, our Valentine's that would if, Angel, if the, the numbers are ever cool. dipping, just we're going to redo it. We're going to release <laughs> porn episode number two. That was our biggest episode. It will be even better, bigger and better. How do we say it like XXL? <laughs> the porn episode. Yeah. Yeah. Bigger, yeah. bigger yeah. longer, and stronger. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and we'll save the... Uh, we'll save more for next week. So Thank you, Kyle. All right, guys. I want to thank you for your spooky stories. Uh, congratulations, Ryan, on winning. Uh, very well deserved. I don't think Kyle's going to be a fan after that. <laughs> 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 you totally told him off. All right. I love you, Kyle. Um, uh, uh, listeners, thank you for hanging in there with us. Uh, please like, subscribe, follow, rate us. Uh, and we're going we're gonna to close this out. I'm going to go back in order. Perfect order again. Perfect order. Okay, good. Yeah, the closing order, we're going to start with Ryan. Stop. Thank you all for listening. The fuck was that with your finger? What's up with your Nazi finger? (laughs) Listeners, he he has a purple nail and he held it up like a a Hitler mustache. (laughs) Trying to distract me. I would never do that, okay? But anyway, I would never disrespect our listeners like you've disrespected me. But thank you. 
for dedicating this hour of your life to listening to this episode where I destroyed Steven in the long-awaited spook-off. And fuck you, Kyle, for saying he's a better storyteller than me. But thank you for writing in, because that makes me very excited to have a fan write in. Uh, please write in more, listeners. I want to hear what you say. Thoughts, comments, <laughs> concerns. And Detroit Lions, America's true football team, is going to win the Super Bowl this year. One love. Very good. Thank you, Ryan. Next up, Steven. Ah, well, I think... This episode was much needed for me. My New Year's resolution has changed, Angel. Uh, I want to try harder to be involved in this podcast. You can't change it, <laughs> Steven. That's it. No, 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 no. no. I will not. I'm not canceling the drugs and alcohol anymore. I'm going to actually do more. And while I'm in, oh, perfect. While I'm doing more oh, drugs okay. and alcohol, I'm going to write the best stories and be the best storyteller and come full circle. I'll have my redemption arc. You know, like I've really fallen off the rails. Kyle, stay with me, bud. <laughs> stay with me. I will end the racist intros. I will end the homophobic slurs. I will become a better person in this new year, twenty twenty four, baby. Big things. Let's go. Because right. you're afraid of that. You're afraid of getting tied to that slab, aren't you? <laughs> the dirt. Yeah. It was dirt, and then a slab. And within a period of eight. 10 minutes, the chloroform doesn't work that fast, by the way, bud. Get your facts straight before you start spewing <laughs> bullshit stories. He knows from experience. I never said it was chloroform. Oh. I never said it was chloroform. rag smell like chloroform? <laughs> no? How about melatonin? Smell like melatonin? <laughs> Ooh, a gentle sleep. <laughs> yeah. That'd be nice. All right, thank you, Stephen. Who's the seven-foot-tall guy, by the way? Did we just gloss over that? <laughs> that was what totally seven? me he was talking oh, yeah. about. I thought you were only 6'6". Six, six. Oh. That is true. I measured today and I was 6'6", six, six, yeah. Yeah, tippy toes are a bitch. All right, Rangel, what were you saying? I was saying thank you, Stephen. <laughs> and uh, last but not least, Chris. Thank you, Cornopians. Thank you for coming in and listening to this uh, very, very spook-off. I, uh, I hope you guys can find some way, somehow, to put your mind at ease and get some sleep tonight. Because I know some of us won't be <laughs> after those stories. Am I right? Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's very Big shout out to the fans and Kyle. Thank you for Kyle for for keeping it real and and pointing pointing out Ryan's uh, Ryan's uh, menace in society. I, I like that. That was a good. That was a good joy. So yeah, uh, we'll go. We'll see you guys next time. All right, that we're out.